What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast and it's another session of our summer scouting series and today we're going to look at receivers, not just wide receivers, we're going to look at our tight ends as well. So um, it's going to be a, 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 an episode full of sort of really good takeaways and, and sort of getting you ready for the draft in April um, and obviously with the upcoming college, college season literally around the corner. So um, joining me today is the main man of our group. I, I know Sorry, sorry, sorry to the other guys, but he is the main man. He 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 always brings the fire. He brings the sauce. He is the one and only Kieran. Kieran, how are you doing? And what is your excitement level like now? We're so close to the season. I'm I'm more excited that I get to spread some wide receiver you propaganda today. That's the thing that I am interested in. But uh, no, it's exciting. Football season's almost here. I mean, we get our first game tomorrow, realistically. I don't know when this goes out, but the first game would have happened by then. But it's exciting. And this is the best part of the year when you're so ready for college football to start. And then the first kickoff happens. And then just that sigh of relief. Football is back. Uh, yeah, Football's back. And then... By the time January comes, it's like, oh, got to wait. Sick of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sick of it. Bowl games and like, oh, I need a break. And then, then you miss it again. So anyway, let's let's kick off. So um, we're going to start with uh, our wide receivers. Um, usual format, top five, underrated, overrated. Um, you know, before we kick off with our sort of um, our, our list, Kieran, every, well, quite a few of the last um, few drafts, the wide receivers has probably been one of the top position groups in terms of talent and um, sort of expectation going in from college over to the pros. What do you reckon of this class in general, in terms of, um, in comparison to previous classes and the talent within this class? It's, it's a strange class in the sense that normally when you have like a wide, a strong wide receiver class, it's pretty, you're pretty certain on who the top guy is. I mean, there's normally a clear, clear guy, but this class, even though I think our number ones will probably be similar, the top three or four guys, there's not a lot in it between, between each guy. And that's what excites me. Because when you get a wide receiver class like this, surely not all of them are going to be good in the NFL. That's just the, the laws of probability. So it's exciting to see who who actually shines in their rookie year and if when we pick our over and underrated guy that's what I'm always most excited to see did we rate a guy too highly did we not give a guy enough shine and that's what I'm excited for about this class because there's a couple guys who especially my guy who's underrated I think could do bits in the NFL but we still gotta wait and see oh leaving us with a teaser here um that will come shortly, but I agree with you. I think when looking at this class, there's a lot of question marks with a lot of receivers, whether it's coming back from injury, whether it's the quarterback situation, whether it's um, going through the transfer portal. There's a lot of question marks. There isn't that sort of certainty where we've had, you know, Chase, Waddle, 
um class and judy and 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 jefferson that class it's just there i don't think there's a real standout core group of guys right now and this season they will have to prove a lot to obviously get into the echelons and get into the same conversations as the previous classes but it's still exciting because there are some real talent in this class so talking about talent then who is your number five guy within your list might be a shock to some people because I know people are all over the place on this guy, but I know it will make Will happy. Josh Downs, who I don't know where you've put him yourself. Number five. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so Great mind. Great mind. Think alike. There you go. And I was, I was honestly, by the way, in an iron. By the way, guys, just a, just a little caveat. Me and Kieran have not even shared our list before we've got onto this uh, onto this pod, so it's it's either coincidence or we're two great scouts to know that we've got Josh Downs at number five. But Kieran, fire away! Why is Josh Downs number five? Yeah, I really liked what he did last year. Now, obviously, I have concerns going into this year with a new quarterback and stuff like that. But I don't think Sam Howell is the type of quarterback, even at college, who was elevating. You know, you know the old saying we talk about where a great quarterback can make a wide receiver free a superstar. I don't think Sam Howell was that guy. So I think he's going to thrive no matter who's in at quarterback. But I really like his game. I think he's quite shifty. I like what he can do in the open field. He's he's just an all-around good wide receiver. I don't think he's going to be a particularly massive threat on the outside in the NFL just due to like, like his size and stuff, there's some really, really big corners in the NFL. But I really like what he can do currently. At U- I nearly said USC, UNC. Yeah. Um, I really like what I've seen out of him. And I think I think he'll probably be moved to the slot when he goes to the NFL. But I just, I just really like what he can do. His hands are pretty safe. There's not an awful lot of drops from him on tape. I just, yeah, I really like what he does. The only thing I would say is... I would like his route running to be a little bit sharper. But it's rare you have a guy who's like an elite route runner right out of college. That's very, very hard to get. I mean, if you think about it from the past five years, probably the best route runner out of college has been Justin Jefferson. But then you see the leap he's made from college after just two years in the pros. So the, the route running isn't a big issue to me because that's something that he can clearly work on. Totally agree. I've got him number five as well. He's shifty. He's he's got when he's in open space. He's like what I like to see. He's just a really smooth runner. Like he doesn't look like he's trying. He's just like that acceleration is is very easy to see. Some of his touchdowns last year were uh, phenomenal in terms of um, ball security. Uh, sort of ball, just his ability to track the ball in in midair as well is 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 really really good. It's going to be that really. I think lazy question he's going to be a slot in the in 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 the next level but um you've got guys like tyler lockett that similar size similar speed i don't see why he can't be an outside receiver um but yeah i I really like his game uh and and yeah the speed the speed is really what pops out on the on tape um and we're going to go to someone um, later on who I'm going to talk about who you compare him to what Josh Downs um, uh, produced last year, especially. And that's with that size and, and, and weight. This is probably the the archetypal 
guy whereby he shows what you need to show within within those parameters. Um, I really like Josh Downs, and I'm excited to see what he does this year. Um, and they've got a history of producing uh, good re- good wide receivers. They're not wide receiver you like like the like LSU, but they do know how to produce good wide receivers. So um, we'll see we'll see how we, how he does this season. Um, okay, moving on to number four. Who's, who's your number four? I'd be, it'd be interesting if this lines up again. But I've got uh, Xavier Worthy out of Texas, uh, a guy I wasn't super big on until I did my Big Twelve preview. And I put him in my Big 12, all Big 12 team. I really like his game. And I'm really, really excited to see what he can do with Sark. Now, obviously, my main concern is that he's going to have Quinn Ewers throw into him. And obviously, Bijan Robinson is going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting for that team. But I think he really has the talent to be a top five wide receiver in this class. Hence why I've put him at number four. Um, but I really like what he does that out there on the field. The Texas offense and the way Sark after his little stint, it, the Alabama rehab, I think we're going to have to start calling it for these offensive guys. He He's really going to put it into place. And I think he's going to use him similar to Cooper Cup, where he's going to have him block a lot on the outside, but then use him on a lot of breaking routes and just getting the ball in his hands as often as possible. So Quinn Ewers has a reliable number one for his first year as a starter. I'm going to um, disappoint you here. Xavier Worthy isn't even draft eligible. He's a uh, sophomore. He's a, he's a sophomore. Uh, I, I thought... <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, so... I ranked him as... A, I had him as a sophomore last year. <laughs> so, guys, guys and girls listening, fast forward a year later... Snippet what we've just said, and exactly that's, that's what you think. Uh, but but you know what? I'll, I'll touch on Xavier Worthy because I actually think controversial take. He is the best wide receiver in the country now. I, I think that true freshman tape was absolutely fantastic. He's got the the speed, the size, the the ball security. I think I think he's got it all. Um, but. Yeah, I just read. I've read. <laughs> I've read. I read his sophomore profile. Wrong. I was like, <laughs> I was like, they haven't. I was like, it's weird that they haven't changed it yet. But okay. See, see, on this pod, we we have people on the pod that look into the future. They have that crystal ball and already can anticipate how good. We, so, you already um, think he's one of the best in the country, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he is the best in the country. Uh, hot take. Uh, we're going to re- release our part two of our article. He might be my Belitnikov winner. Who knows? But yeah, it's uh, I, I really rate uh, Xavier Worthy. But obviously, going on to draft eligible guys, I'll, I'll, I'll say who my number four is. And my number four is a transfer, uh, probably one of the biggest transfers this year. It's uh, Jordan Addison. Um, so I was a little bit surprised that he was the Belitnikov winner last year. Uh, I would have given it to Jameson Williams personally, but. Um, Transferring from Pitt over to USC, that is a crowded wide receiver room. I'm a big fan of Mario Williams, um, but um, six foot, just a shy under, uh, well, 175 pounds. He's quite wiry. Uh, what what pops out of the tape is, is his hips are really smooth. His ability to run various routes, um, his his ball security. He is a he is a very complete wide receiver. My question with him is, 
in an offense where he is not the clear number one guy, what is his production going to be like this year? Now, obviously, he's got a better quarterback this year. Kenny Williams is better than Kenny Pickett. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. And he's in a high-powered offense, uh, obviously coached by Lincoln Riley. But there's no doubting what he did last year. And I think um, it'll be interesting to see if he continues on the trajectory that he showed last year. Uh, but there are some, like I said at the start of this pod, there are some question marks. And the question mark here is transferring to USC. Is he going to see the the number of targets that he saw last year? So let's see. I don't know what your thoughts are on Jordan Allison. I don't know if you've got him ranked in your top five, Kieran, but um, w- what do you think? He's not in my top five. Yeah. I don't think you, he is. He is on my list though. Um, so I think that gives you a pretty good indication of where I have him. And my entire concern came down to something you just said is, I don't know if he's going to thrive if he's not the top guy on a team, which is obviously he transferred to USC for two reasons, Lincoln Riley and then Caleb Williams. That's a huge part of why he transferred. It's probably the only reason why he transferred. If I'm going to be honest, he wants that elite level coaching. And just be honest, Pitt isn't giving that to you. The best wide receiver they've had in the league in the past 15 years is um, Tyler Boyd, who's a great wide receiver free, but he's not setting the world on fire. Um, So he's not in my top five, but we'll get to him when we do under and overrated. Uh, But I like, I just can't justify putting him top five. And the entire reason is for something you touched on, which is him not being the number one guy. Does he struggle? And I think he needs to put on an extra 15 pounds as well at six foot 175, put on extra 15 pounds, 190, be a more physical wide receiver, as well as obviously being an elite route runner. I think that's what he needs to show at USC. Um, Like I said earlier, I'm a big um, Mario Williams fan. So I think there is competition for wide receiver one. It could be one A, one B, but we shall see. So, Obviously, moving on from Jordan Addison, who is your number three, Kieran? This might surprise you because I think on your list, he's either going to be one or two. And it's Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. He's my number two. Uh, I I nearly had him at number two. Uh, very, very close. You, you'll understand my reasoning afterwards. And I like him. I think in a lot of cases, though, we're seeing him, he's having these big 200-plus yard games or whatever, and it's not actually indicative of the amount of talent he has. It just seems to be CJ Stroud likes putting the ball where he is, and he's just very... Look, he's very, very fast. I think he's probably one of the fastest guys in this class. I think he's insane. He creates great separation, but I think... People are getting too wrapped up in his big numbers, which we all do. We all do that. We're all guilty. Even the most talented scouts sometimes get wrapped up in numbers. Um, So we are all guilty of that. But um, there's these games where he's having these monster games. And then it's not belying the fact that his body control isn't excellent. Like there's some things he, he seems to struggle getting his body turned around sometimes on certain catches, which can lead to him not having any burst the second he comes up with a catch because he's just still, you know, he looks a bit awkward transitioning. He's not exactly got the oily hips or knees that you look for. 
but other than that, I think he's a very good, very, very good wide receiver. He just needs a little bit of improvement on the explosiveness and the quick breaks because he can get separation. It's just when he has the ball that he uh, has a little bit more problems. I think, um, well, he's my number two. And I think the big question is, for me this year, he, for me, was wide receiver three in the offense, Ohio State offense last year. And with the Larve and Wilson now going pro, obviously we saw in the Rose Bowl game that as wide receiver one, he just went absolutely ballistic. But I don't think you can judge uh, a bowl game as 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 like uh, the definitive answer for what's upcoming this season because there's obviously uh, opt-outs. and and Unless it's the playoffs, it is essentially like a pre-season it's game. It's a pre-season game. Of course it's it not all starters. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be really interesting to see with another crowded wide receiver room how he will act as wide receiver one. Um, I totally agree with you. The the one thing he is, he's quick, but his acceleration once he uh, catches the ball is something that really popped off the tape. Even in the Rose Bowl game, there was a touchdown whereby he, um, he ran a slant route, caught the ball probably uh, 20, 20 yards away from the end zone. And it just took him a bit of time. He managed to get in the end zone, but it just took him a bit of time to get going. The DB had him. And, and was able to get to him and tackle him, but it's just he just had a bit more power to get over, over into the end zone. But that is, again, probably the one thing, as well as ball security. I noticed that um, he, he can fumble a little bit more than I would like to see. And his hands do actually look quite small. It'll be interesting to see his measurables when, when it comes to the combine, but it, it just looks small compared to someone we're going to talk about in a minute, I'm sure. But at six foot with the very similar measurables to other six foot guys uh, within this draft class, he doesn't look like a six foot wide receiver. He look he, he plays a little bit smaller and his hands are quite, his hands look quite small within, within his frame. So I don't know whether that's an issue or not, but um, there's a play in the Rose Bowl whereby he was, he was uh, going into the end zone and then the DB punched the ball out. And you just want to see that ball, ball security being a little bit better. Um, and it's interesting the height thing because we know colleges tend to give their guys a couple, <laughs> a couple inches extra on yeah. some of these things. You see guys who are like listed at six two in college, and then you get their combine measurements, and they're like five eleven. So I think there's that there could be a little bit of that to it. He's not six foot for me. He he's more like a five ten and a half, five eleven kind of guy. Um, oh yeah, for sure. That that's I think that's you know the college measurables a little bit there. I think so. And then talk about measurables. My number three guy is someone that I absolutely fell in love with as a true freshman. And part of the reason why he wasn't probably as good last year is the situation he was in and the absolute hot mess that Oklahoma were. But Marvin Mims, I absolutely love the guy, especially his true freshman tape. For me, his body control, his speed, his separation is phenomenal. There was a regression last year. There's no denying that. A lot of the blame has to fall on the quarterback. Um, and you've just got to watch when they changed quarterback at Oklahoma last year to Caleb Williams. Just I implore everyone to watch the Texas game. Like he showed everything that you need to see from an elite wide receiver. Now, with his height at 5'11 and with his frame at 179, people are going to say, oh, 
possibly a slot. I think he's an outside receiver. I think his ability to create separation, his body control is absolutely fantastic. And his ability to locate the, the ball as well on, 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 on deep route. I, I think it's just, it is, I, I absolutely love him and, and his freshman tape. I said it straight away last year. I said, Marvin Mims stud. And I think the one person that I, I compared him to instantly was Calvin Ridley. He just reminds me of like a, a Calvin Ridley, maybe a little bit quicker, but um, yeah, I, for me, I hope Dylan Gabriel is able to release that freshman, uh, that freshman Marvin Mims tape that we saw because I'm a big, big fan. And um, I know you love a lefty as well. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go to her. Go on. To her MVP this year. (laughs) You heard it here first. Um, but uh, but yeah, Marvin Mims is definitely someone that I I I rate really highly, and I'm hoping for a big season from him. Yeah, no, I, you know, there was a lot of trouble at Oklahoma last year. Obviously, Caleb Williams was a, a far better quarterback than um, Spencer Rattler, but you saw that when Caleb Williams finally got in, he finally started to shine a little bit. And I think that's because you had a quarterback, not only making the correct reads, but could make the type of throws he needed to be getting those bigger completions downfield. And yeah, that, that's a, per- I, I don't even have him in my top five, which is honestly a shame because he probably could have gone where Xavier Worthy has gone. Maybe I pop Josh Downs up a spot and then put him in at number five. But yeah, I think that's a perfect way to describe how he plays. Yeah, definitely. So um, going on to your number two, because I've obviously obviously said that my number two is uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. So who is your number two? And I'm really interested to see who it is because there's one guy that I don't rate and I'm wondering if you're going to say him. Is this guy very, very tall? Potentially. Is he uh, a horned frog? Potentially. <laughs> yeah, I got Quinton Johnson. <laughs> and and it's it's literally come down to me just watching him play. He gives me T. Higgins vibes. He's obviously not as strong, but yeah, that big, huge frame, a giant catch radius. Just uh, the way when he runs, he looks like he's jogging. Uh, I get you know the way when Randy Moss would burn people, but it looked like he was kind of just out for a stroll. I yeah. get that vibe when I watch him play, and I really, really like it. I might be giving him a little too much because of the whole six foot four frame. But yeah, I really, really like um, his game. And a lot of it is because of the size. I like a big red zone threat in a, in a wide receiver. But I think this year he's actually going to go off for TCU. And I think he's potentially going to be a top three wide receiver in the country. All right. So you, for you, the first name that came into your head was T Higgins when you watched him. The first name that came into my head as soon as I put on the tape, Kevin White. Oh, the disrespect. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was the first thing. As soon as I put on the tape, I was like, yeah, that, that, that just, it just felt like Kevin White. Um, it's maybe enough. it's the frame. Maybe it's the frame again. I don't know, but it, it was just, it was just one of those things whereby, yeah, big bodied receiver. Um, I get why, you, I get why you like him. I think he needs to put some muscle on. I will 100%. say that he's very, very wiry. wiry, very wiry. Um, and it's not a college that really does produce good. I mean, and Andy Dalton was a good pro. Yeah. Who, who was uh, Laquan Treadwell was the last big wide receiver that came out of TCU. 
that ended obviously <laughs> we very, know how that went very well he still i i can't believe he's still doing doing the rounds with a, a no, he was wasn't he at the patriots last year or, or one time or yeah, he was at the Patriots last year. I don't know where he is this year, but I'm yeah. very sure he'll be in the XFL next year. Yeah, he's just that bad. And and and, and the Horned Frogs are, are they're not exactly a high-powered offense and they've lost their best running back as well. So um again, it would be interesting to see. I don't have him in my top 5. I've just I just for me it's the eye test. I just didn't warm to him, but I can see why people would warm to him as a as a high as a high pick. Um good. All right. So we've narrowed it down. We all know who number one is going to be, let's be honest. Do we? Yeah, come on. It's the best wide receiver in college football, bar none. Uh, Are you sure we've got the same guy? Oh, 100%. Go on, who's your guy? Keishon Butte. Oh, thank God we agree. No, he is phenomenal. (laughs) He is so good. He is is so, so good. I think he's head and shoulders above everyone else. I think there is a gap. Tell me why you like. I, tell me why you like it. Obviously, he's your guy, and I, I'm, I'm I, like I said earlier in our in our pre in our pre pod talk. There's a question I'm going to pose to you about him, but he's your guy. Fire away. Just tell tell me why you love Keishon Butte. He he went off with Max Johnson as his quarterback. If that doesn't tell you all you need to know about how good this guy is, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, he's fantastic. He's got a really. I like the way he blends a pretty finesse style of route running where it's quite silky based a lot of fast cuts and a lot of jumps, but then he blends that with being very physical at the catch point. This is something that I really liked about Jamar Chase. The fact that he was fast, but he's very physical at the catch point. His post catch balance is just second to none. And if you give him open space, he's taking it to the crib. There's just no other outcome of what he's doing. If he has, if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile and then put it down for six. That's just how he does it. And then, yeah, I, I really like, he's just, for me, he's a blend of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson in the fact that he does, yeah, big physical guy in the way he plays, but also runs with finesse, gets himself into open space. I just, I love his game. I love everything about it. And then he's put on the number seven this year. And I don't know if you know about the track record of LSU players when they get given the number seven but they tend to go ballistic. It, you know, Derek Stingley, obviously the way the seven works is you have to be given it by the guy who wore it before you. So Derek Stingley said, I think this is the guy to wear it. He's just going to go off. He's going to go crazy. There's a long line of sevens that this school has just, they've been every single guy who's worn a seven outside of Grant Delpit, realistically, because he's been injured, has been an absolute killer in the pros so far. From Patrick Peterson to Tyron Matthew to Leonard Fournette, he's just going to be unstoppable this year with that number on. What's his, What's the latest status on his um, his ankle? Because obviously that's what kept him out last year. And when you hear about foot and ankle injuries with a receiver, you you, you do some, some sort of like question or see if it can be like a, a long-term reoccurring injury, for example, um, just based on the spring practices and what you know, obviously being an LSU uh, diehard fan, what's the latest there? So he was on the sideline for the spring game, which I was fine with because he's a known quantity. We know what he is. We got to then see guys like Jack Besh and Thomas Jr. and all those guys sort of show out, Malik Neighbors, etc. We we got to see those guys show. And he was there supporting his teammates, which I like. But 
week one, he's going to be starting. I think we're just not maybe going to play him for as many snaps as we had planned to originally. You are going to see guys like Neighbours and Besh do more for the first few games, at least while we make sure Boutte is, you know, absolutely 100% healthy because we don't want to waste what could be his last season in college, especially when he is being touted as the number one guy in the draft uh, in terms of wide receivers anyway. Yeah, I think he's going to have a monster season. I honestly think we're going to see some 1,200 yards, maybe something like that, 1,200 yards, 10 to 15 touchdowns. I genuinely think he has it in him, especially if Garrett Nussmeyer's throwing him the ball because Malik Nabe... Malik Neighbors, Keishon Butte just creates separation downfield. It it it's almost unstoppable with what he does. Um, so yeah, he will be starting. I just don't think he's going to have a particularly large workload until midway through the season. That's where we're going to see him pick up a little bit more. So on my scouting notebook, the first word I put was physical. He's such a physical receiver. He plays bigger than his size and and, and frame, and it was quite interesting that one of the other things I wrote, he's like a blend of OBJ and Jarvis, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. He's got, he's got the, you know, the safe hands and workhorse mentality of Jarvis Landry, but then he's also got the flashy speed and just highlight real plays of yeah. OBJ. I think that's actually a perfect way to describe it. Yeah, and, and, and his hands look massive and you know how I was saying with Jackson Smith and Jigba, his hands look small. You watch Butte when he catches the ball. The ball is swallowed up in his gloves. And you just think the ball security and, and, and obviously the elusiveness in open field as well and his toughness and his, 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 his ability to put his foot in the ground and sort of move from one direction to another is, is yeah, he is, for me, he's, he's clear wide receiver one. And talking about uh, sort of wide receiver you as you, as you, as you, continuously call it i want to ask you a, a question right i want you to rank these five receivers and where do you rank Butte within these receivers so i'm going to go keishon Butte, jarvis andry obj justin jefferson jamar chase there's there's five lsu oh <laughs> you put me in a what is it the kids say? It's a sticky one still. Uh, <laughs> I'll, put you, I'll put you on the spot. Maybe I should have given you some preparation about this, but... Are we, are we talking just at LSU? At, at LSU. OBJ, number one. Just absolutely fantastic. Um, everyone else kind of equal, but I'll do it anyway. Um, I'll probably say... Jamar Chase at two, just the the fact that how good he was and how much he actually reminded me of OBJ. Um, three, I'd probably say Landry, then Jefferson, then Butte, but there's not much in it. It's, it's, it's one of these lists where you could change any single player around besides the top one being OBJ, and I'd be happy with it. It's It's just... It's such. It's so hard. That's a great question, right? <laughs> is that the question you were talking about? Yeah, that's the question I was talking about. And probably you wake up tomorrow morning and you're going to have a different order. Yeah, no. If I I could go sit down and watch Jamar Chase highlights now, and my answer would change, and then I could watch Justin Jefferson LSU highlights, and my answer would change. 
Um, Because they've all, also as well, they've all got iconic games and they've all got iconic moments. We remember Justin Jefferson's uh, performance against Oklahoma in the playoff semifinals where he had four touchdowns in the first half. And then we remember some of OBJ's kick returns or when he used to, he would stand in the back of the end zone um, when kicks would come in and he would catch the kicks with one hand. He would just one hand grab a kickoff and then just kneel it down. Just insane behavior. Um, yeah, you, that that list is different. Whatever <laughs> that that list could be different. Whether I've eaten or not eaten, whether I've had tea or coffee that day, it just changes so often. Would there be anyone I've missed out in that list that you would put in that in that five? Hmm. Uh, probably not. I think they're probably the five best guys. You can maybe make a case for DJ Chark because he was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, maybe even Russell Gage, but he he was not a big time guy at LSU. No, he's just he... sort of found his feet now in yeah. the league. Um, but yeah, that that list would be subject to change based on facts such as the weather. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know what? That, that's a tough one. We're going to put that out on Twitter as well. We're going to get their opinion of uh, the Twitter universe as well. What would be your top five list in terms of those five guys? Could be it's going to be so interesting to see what 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 the rest of Twitter says. Um, oh, but it's a, you will get a different answer from almost every single different LSU fan. Listen, I was sitting on the tube earlier and thinking about how to prepare for this pod, and this question just suddenly came up as I was on the as I was on the underground forum. That's, that's honestly the best college football question I've ever been asked because <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, exactly. It's close. It's um, like ranking the top five wide receivers in the NFL right now because there's obviously guys that are going to be on the list, but where do you put them? So... Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Eric Azucama, Cedric Wilson, and then. Cooper Cup, but yeah. Oh, I said NFL, <laughs> not XFL. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> Joke no, yeah, yeah, that was a great question, though. Honestly, because yeah. it, it's hard to answer. I think if you ask me again, you get a different answer. <laughs> well, we'll put it out on Twitter and see what the see what the, the, the wider public say. But um, OK, so that's our receivers in terms of our top five. But we've still got a couple of other talking points. So we're going to start with our under the radar guys. I've got two because I've been greedy because this, the, the list is so expansive. Kieran, who's your under the radar guy slash guys? Parker Washington. He, oh, he... I don't like him. Don't like you him. Don't? don't like oh. him. No, no, no. Slow, slow. No, he's, he's, he's cumbersome. But anyway, why do you like Parker Washington? Um, I get Alec Pierce vibes from him. And that's not just because he's a white guy. Um play playing football but um no i i ri- i like what he does in terms of the fact that yeah he's not really a speedster but if you can get him in open space he's going to grab you a pass and he's, his ball security is it's pretty good i i'm not gonna say he's like the best um at ball security in college football or anything right now but he's one of those reliable guys i hate to do the whole julian edelman comparison but he is that guy when you need a catch on third down he's gonna be there when you need to get five yards, he's going to be there. When you need a guy to just get you a pass down the sideline, he's a Trent and Owen. He's very much like that. That's what I like about him. Reliable guy, not to be overlooked, because if you put him in those situations, almost similar to Slate Bolden, he is going to get you a catch when you need a catch. 
he'll be open when you need him to be open. He might get lost in the sea of these, you know, super fast speedsters week in and week out, but he's a very reliable guy and he's going to get you catches when you need it. He might only have a thousand yards once in his career um, when all is said and done, but he is going to be the guy who's making a difference with those third down catches. I think unfairly, I was looking at it with the lens of, I was such a big Jahan Dotson fan last year. And oh, he's so good. And, and I, I think that's the problem. People are going to be yeah. looking at him to fill that void. And yeah. that's impossible. And, and and obviously listening to training camp and what he's doing at, at, at the commanders, um, it sounds like he is already balling out in Washington. Um, and I've, I, I was a big fan last year. And you, and you look at that and think, okay, who is going to step up and replace him? And Parker Washington is the next man up. And I just, for me, he's not as explosive. He's not as elite route runner. He's solid. He's a solid receiver, like you said. He'll get you the five yards. He'll get you the the under the radar guys. But is he? can he be a wide receiver one for Penn State this year? That's the question mark I have. Let's see. But um, I have reservations. Yeah, I just... Like I said, I put, I put him on the list because very reliable in terms of like, that's kind of what you want in a wide receiver. Um, he's obviously not filling Jahan Dotson's shoes because Jahan Dotson. Let's be he's honest. electric. Absolutely. Um, and obviously Pete, he's, he's a goofy looking guy. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, the hair. Yeah, it's it's almost like a three quarter Jerry Kale. It's kind of crazy. He's got this goofy looking hair. He, he, yeah, I just I just think he's a good, reliable guy. The thing I don't like, which I think makes him look extra ridiculous on the field, is why he insists on wearing baggy sleeves. Oh yeah, because, that, because yeah. in some games he wears full sleeves, but they're really baggy, so it's not like a tight top, and he just looks like he's really undersized because of that. But then. You, you know, when he's got a, uh, just a shooter sleeve and stuff on, he looks a bit more normal. But yeah, he, he's just a goofy looking guy. Yeah, someone that wears pajamas on the field, and I can't really talk about I can't really talk about haircuts because I've got a receding hairline, so we'll Me leave too, the hair to one side. But anyway, I can see exactly where you're coming from, Kieran. Um, moving on to my guys, the under the radar guys. I've got two, uh, and they come. Okay. They're both uh, transfer portal guys but with different circumstances first one is isaiah Nayor. was at wyoming he's transferred to texas i've never even heard that name before i'm gonna be honest with you watch the tape at wyoming it, okay yeah six three two fifteen so big big body receiver I, I i do like big body receivers but his ability to separate his his ball tracking ability his his ability his ability to make the tough catches as well and high, and high point the ball um, and a real red zone threat as well. I'm I'm actually so excited to see what he looks like in that Texas offense alongside Xavier Worthy. And like I said earlier, I'm a big Xavier Worthy fan. Um, and to be a wide receiver too, where Xavier Worthy is going to demand a lot of coverage, I think he could explode in that offense next year at Texas. Watch the tape of his last year at Wyoming. And you can't help but be impressed. And you can't help think at, at the Longhorns, you think that, that he could be someone that is going to absolutely explode this year. 
he is a little wiry, but I don't think he needs to put on weight with the, his 6'3 frame. I think he's 215 pounds, but um, I was mightily impressed. When I was going through the list of... I instantly dismissed like guys that are probably going to be in the slots. I've mentioned that quite a couple of guys that, uh, in my top five that could be slot guys. So I wanted to find that big body receiver that was under the radar that could could potentially um, be someone we could be talking about come April. And, and he's the guy that uh, he's the guy that I think fits the brief. And another guy, which is probably somewhere to think on the opposite direction, is someone that had all the hype coming from high school to college, and in his true freshman season was very good and suddenly just completely fell off the radar again with an Oklahoma um uh sort of nod is Jaden Hazelwood now he's gone to Arkansas he was a five-star recruit he was top receiver uh, recruited in 2019 and his true freshman tape really did say yeah you can see why he is yeah supremely talented so talented injuries bad offense it's also I think it's a bit of a work ethic thing. Like he's not he wasn't super stoked he to got be all... playing football, I think, at past a certain point, and that affects everyone's enthusiasm. He got all the hype at high school. I know, I'm, there's a YouTube clip of Cam Newton just bigging him up like he is like saying he's special. And I think going to Arkansas, being Traylon Burks' replacement, I think. It will, he will sink or swim, but yeah, but he has everything in his. For me, out of all the receivers in this class, he has actually got every tool and every box tick that you would need if you're going to make a receiver in the lab. That would be the guy: six three, two fifteen, two twenty, speed, size, b- ball security flexibility all the kind of things you want to you want to sort of mold a wide receiver in that is the guy it's mentally and injury wise can he sustain a whole season i i hope so because i said the same thing last year about justin ross and unfortunately that didn't transpire but i think this is my sink or swim he's either going to absolutely ball out or he's going to be a udfa like justin ross was so let's see but I'm going to say Jaden Hazelwood. I will be keeping an eye. Yeah, I think I think that would be interesting because, like you said, I had all the hype out of high school, but setback after setback, and that that's what I meant when I said work ethic. I wasn't trying to like knock the kid for not being a hard worker, but when you have certain setbacks and when you're not getting on with college, like your coaching staff, you're not going to be super psyched to be playing football every week and being up at six a.m. for practice. So, yeah, I, I, I just hope that he's a better fit at Arkansas than he was at Oklahoma. And maybe we can see what we saw of him coming out of high school. Let's hope so, because I've got I've, I've got my hopes pinned on him. So who's your overrated guy? It's Jordan Addison. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he's not in my top five. But yeah, I just, you know, for the almost the exact reasons you knocked him for was I've just obviously taken those and ran with them a little bit more but yeah I just I don't think he's gonna shine in where everyone's a shit hot receiver I think he's a bit of bit of the LeBron about him he needs to be the main guy he needs to be looking like he's doing the bulk of the workload and helping carry a team yeah yeah I I could see exactly where you're coming from and that's what I I obviously prefixed in in my sort of analysis of him as well 
uh, it's a little bit of another sink or swim because if he if he ends up being a a wide receiver two or a a part of a wide receiver room, his elevation from potentially a first round draft pick will probably be a day two potentially. Um, but I can see why you have him as an overrated guy. He 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 could go the other way and he could produce like he did at Pitt, and then then suddenly you think right, that's two seasons in a row, two different quarterbacks, two different schemes, two different offences. He could potentially elevate himself to wide receiver one if he, if he chose. Yeah, it's it's going to, it's a boom or bust type of yeah, deal, yeah, I think, with him. 100%, 100%. But I can see why there is bust potential there. Going on to bust potential, one guy that I had as my overrated guy last year, and he's going to be my overrated guy this year, is Zay Flowers. Now... <laughs> So many people are just in love with him. I, I don't see why. His hands are terrible. It's just, it's just because, like, the the plays where he's able to catch it, yeah, in open space, he is elusive. But he goes about 10 yards back before he goes forward. Um, and all you have to do is watch Josh, watch Josh Downs, and that's who Zay Flowers should be. But Zay Flowers is such a gadget, sort of comedic, style wide receiver that obviously missed Phil Djokovic. And if you, if you're missing Phil Djokovic, then like, I, I don't know that that is a big red flag. Cause that guy's actually <laughs> in the pocket. So um, I'm not a fan. I know, I know Andy's a fan of Zay Flowers. I'm just, I'm just not a fan at all. And I just, I just, I just can't have him. And especially in this year's class, you've got Mims, you've got, uh, Josh Downs, you've got a couple of other guys with similar... I don't think he even touches top 10, honestly. I didn't really... Like, I didn't... He wasn't even factoring into this top five list for but me, he, so... he's talked about like he's some sort of... Sort like, some extraordinaire wide receiver, and like, it's just, I think, some of his plays where he's able to jink in and out and, and quite be quite elusive in open space, covers up so much of what the basic fundamentals are of a wide receiver. He can't catch the ball like he actually can't catch the ball do you know the biggest thing i think that is helping his name get talked about what it's social media yeah these guys get built up on social media like a punter who will not be named for legal reasons but like people were building him up as this like insane punter because he could punt 85 yards or whatever but he can't punt directionally, which is like literally the entire thing you need a punter to do in the NFL. So it just shows that you can have a couple good highlights, you wear a sleeve, you flex on the camera, and then shout out Barstool Sports. You're going to be like a top five guy in most people's eyes just from that. And I think that's what he's benefited from is all these highlight plays on social media. People go, wow, this guy's really good. And 90% of the people are going, wow, this guy's really good. Haven't necessarily watched the tape to back up what they're saying. Yeah, you could do a YouTube snippet of four minutes of Zay Flowers and you think, my God, Incredible. this guy's special. Watch watch the full tape and you think, ooh, there is a lot to dislike. So that's why he's my overrated guy because a lot of people are going to be talking about him again this year thinking he's he's special, but he's just not special. So uh, there we go. So that's our wide receivers, but that was only part one, guys and girls. We have a second part as well. We're going to go through a little bit quicker because um, obviously it's it's not as as vast as vast group, but we're going to do uh, tight end. So again, top five, underrated, overrated. Um, 
we might have some quite a few similarities, but let let's see. Kieran, just just kick us off with your your number five guy, uh, Cameron Latu. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that last name particularly. Mm-hmm. I hear like eighty different pronunciations of it when I watch him play. Um, it's a tight end class. I mean, once you are outside of the top three, everyone's almost the same. Yeah. Like yeah. with last year, you pointed out some fantastic tight ends to me. I will say I was very big um, on guys like Isaiah Likely and stuff yeah. like that. Very big on them uh, going into the draft. But yeah, this he can block, he can catch. He's a very he's not super fast. Very very. It's only honestly my top three guys that I'm super like stoked about. Yeah. Um, and this. And then my overrated guy, that's going to be a point of contention because I think he might be in your top three. Um, well, let's but, see. But yeah, I I just, I think he's a good tight end. You know, <laughs> you know the, the my number five and my number four are going to be good tight ends. They can block, they can catch. They don't have any particular trait that like makes them look like this X factor player, but they pass the eye test. They look like they know what they're doing. They have fairly safe hands and they're a decent threat in the red zone. And that's what I get with Cameron Latu. Well, if you want eye tests and tight ends, I said to you, everyone last year, Jalen Widemeyer is a boat. He is shocking. Don't even think about drafting. There was even first round projections this time last year for Jalen Widemeyer. And I was saying to everyone, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't even get me started. And obviously, look where he's now. He's already in the abyss of, um, he just got, I think he got released by the Bills or. or, or it, yeah, he's not being good. Been cut. Yeah, he's already been cut. So um, the reason why I'm saying that is because Cameron Latu is my overrated guy this year. Oh, yeah. I just think pain. the stat line of, I think he got eight touchdowns last year. But again, he's just. He's a bit meh. Like, he just... Well, that, like, literally, yeah. that's exactly what yeah. I said, though. He's a good tight end. That's it. But he's not physically... In the next level, he's he's six foot four. Like, he was always wide open in the end zone. And I think that's because um, no one really paid any respect to him to be on defense. Also how they just draw up plays. Yeah, exactly. And I just think Alabama recently with tight ends has not been very good at no. all. And out of all of them, like the Smiths, the OJ Howards, and uh, even Billingsley, who's obviously someone that's obviously transferred as well, I would still rate them well above Latu. He's just, he just, he's where I called Widemeyer a boat. I think I called Latu maybe a dinghy. He's not as big, but he's, <laughs> but he's just, it's so inflexible. It's just, there's no like, there's no twitch. It's just, uh, it's just no, he does not pass the eye test for me at all. Um, but someone that I have in my number five, and this is a projection rather than obviously his output so far at college, is a guy from Georgia. And not the guy you're probably thinking of. It's Donnell Washington. So Washington is probably the best blocker in this class. The reason why I say that is you've got to look at the way he dealt with Will, Will Anderson. In, 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 in Yeah, true. Yeah, he was true. very, very good like for a tight end. Well, even if he was an offensive lineman, he would like, Jesus, like it was, it was fantastic. 
He and stood him up a couple times. That was incredible to watch. Incredible. And, and the thing is, the reason why it's a projection, because he's basically had no output as a receiver at all. I think it's 27 catches for about 320 yards in his college career so far. That's one of the reasons he didn't make the list for me, is yeah. because I just couldn't see the production there. And also as well, he's under the radar because Brock Bowers just takes all the limelight there. However, I look at his blocking ability, I look at his size and his wingspan, 6'7", 265, and I think he, he doesn't look slow. There is some, he's able to stretch his legs, he's able to get a little bit of separation, and I just think there is a lot to work with. There's, there's a lot, there's a high catch radius, there's good hands, and I just think if he got a share of the targets, I think he could really elevate his stat, his stat line, but... Um, He's someone that I'm really going to keep a close eye on at Georgia because I think Brock Bowers is, is just, he's just so, so good. But I, I was dreading you saying another name there when I heard you say Georgia because he's on everyone's list. And I was a, I was about to throw the laptop across the room. I was about to be like, he's not going to say Eric Gilbert. I saw your lip quiver and I thought, oh no, I'm in trouble. Uh, so I, <laughs> that guy is like being as like a top three tight end. For like people who get paid to talk about this, what the fuck is going on? And what's he? What's he shown? Absolutely nada. He's not oh, in my cool. top five. Yeah, he's he's not in my top five. But um, but yeah, Darnell Washington, I think deserves to be there. Um, no, number four. I'll start with my number four. It's Sam Laporta from Iowa. Yes. Yeah. Now, LSU is wide receiver. You, Iowa is tight end. You, Iowa is big guy. You, I think. Well. <laughs> Noah fan, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Sam Laporta. Now, I, I actually did a lot of tape on Sam Laporta last year. I was disappointed he didn't come out because he would have been my tight end three last year uh, behind um, uh, Likely and oh, I forgot I put number one. It was just so long ago. Um, he went to Arizona. Anyway, um, six four two four nine. So he's on the smaller side, but he, he's got a, a stocky frame there's going to be the obvious comparisons, him and Kittle. He's not a good, as good a blocker as Kittle, but he's got excellent body control and his ability to uh, to catch at the, at the at the highest point, I think is what really stands out with his slightly smaller frame. He looks um, more like a wide receiver. And I, I don't think that's the frame thing. I just think the way he moves. He's, he's very fluid. Very yeah. fluid. And um, I'm putting a bit of stock on the college he's at as well because they know how to develop that position group. So, yeah, yeah, like I said, I, I did a lot of scouting on him last year and I'm quite excited to see what he's going to do this year. Yeah, I like for literally the same reasons, I think we've both got him at number four. Like I really, really like his game. Obviously, I try not. There's certain colleges that when it's looking at a position group like LSU, Bama and Ohio State, when you look at corners and wide receivers from those teams, you're like, they know how to develop that. Exactly like you said with Iowa, they know how to develop tight ends. We've seen the stock they've produced. It's absolutely fantastic. And that's why I've got him there. He, like you said with the George Kittle thing, he moves like a tight end, uh, not tight end, a wide receiver in the way Kittle does, creates decent separation for a guy of his size and can get downfield. The blocking, like you said as well, something to be desired there, but that's also something that will get worked on not only throughout this year, but the second he makes it to the NFL. And I think, you know, he's just good. I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah. 
100% agree. I reckon we're going to have a similar top three, you know. Who, who's number three? You go first. Jaheim Bell. Ooh, ooh, number two. Ooh, okay. Then I think maybe our two and threes are flipped. Who's your two? Josh Wiley. Oh, no, 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 no. Is he like, is he number one? <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not number one. I think it's a clear number one. My number three, my number two is Jaheim Bell. My number three is Dalton Kincaid. Funny you say that. He's my underrated guy. Oh, really? Yeah, that that that's interesting. Um, when when I pick the under and overrated as well, I try and look at what like the bigger people are saying, like the the bigger sites and stuff like that. So, yeah, maybe I maybe I've just not seen enough people talking about him um, as like a number, a top three guy, maybe. But but yeah, um, you want to go with Jaheim Bell first, or you want to talk about your number three? I'll, I'll talk about Dalton Kincaid because I think why he's not talked about as much is because Utah also have I think is it uh, Brett Queeth or I, I don't know the guy's first name first name, but I think it's Brett Queeth. But um, they have two really good tight ends. But for me, the ceiling of, with Kincaid is 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 a lot lot higher. One of the things that I love to see with a tight end is what was his ability like as a basketball player? And he's a former basketball standout. So when I see the name basketball next to, next to his, obviously his profile, I think there is something certainly to work on there. He's 6'4", 242. Um, I think he's probably the best receiver in the class. Um, his ability to not just beat linebackers, but DBs as well, that really is something that pops off the tape. And his ability to high point the ball Um He's agile. He's extremely explosive. It's just coming from that transition from basketball over to the NFL. Well, not to the NFL, to, to football. Um, there's two areas that he obviously needs to work on. It's probably ditto everyone else that falls into that into that bucket. He needs to improve his, his uh, expand his, his, his route tree um, and, and just sort of get more developed within the position. And he needs to just improve his blocking. But the, the ceiling on him is probably the highest there and i'm really interested to see what he does this year yeah no it it's one of those guys that like you said the basketball thing is huge because that's actually why i was really high on i know it's a different position but similar skill set drake london um coming out last year it's incredible to see guys like drake london get recruited as a basketball player and a wide receiver to a d1 power five institution so seeing him as such a great basketball player, it really, really does translate, especially with like red zone stuff, guys who've got hops who, who can get up there and snag a ball. I think that's incredibly important. Apologies earlier, it's not Brett Queef, it's Brant Queef. So there you go. Got yeah. But yeah, yeah, totally agree. I think boss, it's like um, when we look at offensive, defensive linemen, the one thing I love to see is wrestling. Like it's just there's certain there's certain sports. Oh, Diggy Zua, That's it. And Tyler Linderbaum as well. Like as as when you see those kind of traits, and Tristan Wirth, obviously a, a phenomenal wrestler. Like those correlations between sports and certain position groups, you need to take notice of. Yeah, it. it you see it a lot with um, players who play who are, who are like very good pitchers and very good quarterbacks although the mechanics are almost entirely different with the way they throw the ball, 
a lot of that stuff translates and that that goes for basketball and wrestling and even stuff like karate for like guys who are on the offensive line and doing a lot of hand fighting it's good to see the sport crossover and how much it can actually add to these guys game that's why i love tyler van dyke <laughs> incredible just baseball. just because he's a baseball guy <laughs> Yeah, and he's got a, a, a wacky uh, uh, mechanics, as we talked about in the, in the quarterback uh, pod, which please go and listen to. But uh, yeah, yeah, the crossover sports is certainly one thing that you, you have to take notice of. So talk about um, your number two, well, your number three, my number two, Jaheim Bell. Yeah, um, incredible player. I will say the first knock I have on him, injuries. Yeah. I'm a little bit, bit concerned with like the meniscus tear and everything like that. And he had a similar injury in high school. But the thing I do like, he played pretty good defense at high school. So he has kind of an understanding of where he's going to be attacked by a defense, especially as a tight end. He's just a really, really scary dude. Really scary dude. Also returned a couple kicks, which you don't really see off a tight end especially a guy who's like, what, 6'3"? He's a little on the lighter side. He's only about 230 pounds, which is a little bit light for a tight end, but honestly, probably the only reason he was allowed to return kicks, to be honest. But yeah, absolutely fantastic hands. Blocking, not quite there yet, but I think that's, you know, the way this normally goes with these um, college guys is that the blocking is just something that's not as important until you get to the next level of the game. But yeah, he is a scary dude and he has dope hair and dope grills. I love the drip on the field. The yeah. fact that the dude's just got full gold grills already. But yeah, he, he's a really, really good player. He just reminds me more of a wide receiver than a tight end right now. So I'm hoping that USC will get him to get his hands under some pads. And I know it's South Carolina, but people from South Carolina still call it USC. So we're going to go with it for now. Um yeah, I just hope that this year we can see a little bit more blocking out of him because he's obviously a fantastic receiving threat. He's maybe not as fluid as some of the other guys on the list. He can look a bit stiff, but I think that is a consequence of the torn meniscus and a couple of the injuries we've seen him had. He's just not as fluid a guy. But yeah, really like him. Absolutely phenomenal receiver, but I need to see blocking. I need to see that for him Best. to stay on this list. Best receiving tight end in the class. Uh, what pops off the tape for me is his yak ability. He's got the best yak ability out of any single tight end here. His ability to break tackles. He, his play speed is extremely quick. Um, and it's just, yeah, I love his tape. My biggest question mark for him is obviously uh, Spencer Rattler's now the quarterback in South Carolina. Yeah. And he brought he brought his comfort blanket over from Oklahoma as well, Austin Stogner. So, what impact is that going to have on Jaheim Bell? And that's that's for me is the biggest thing to watch out for this year. You think that maybe he's going to see a lot less because they're going to try and have Rattler be as comfortable as possible, hundred percent, really push him. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Because it's more about uh, like a retrieval mission for for Rattler, and obviously he's going yeah. he's going to go off the, the 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 memory of obviously what he's already built that relationship with in, in Oklahoma with, with Stogner. So yeah, 
that's my biggest concern. But he'd be an idiot to ignore Bell though, because he just is great. Yeah, he plays. He plays like a like you said, like a wide receiver. Um, I would like to see him put on more weight, but I think that's only going to be a necessity when he has to like really start blocking bigger guys. But we'll we'll see how that goes. He's probably going to get flattened by BJ Ojolari a couple times this season, at least. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Ojolari. I think I think he's a, he's a he's oh a... me me too. Don't worry. Me yeah. Too. <laughs> Going to see number two. Who did you say when your number two was? Josh Wiley oh, out Cincinnati. of Cincinnati. Yeah, because I scouted him as part of the because um, he was eligible to come out last year. Why do you like him? So. I was not going to put him on this list originally, but I found out he's actually put some weight on. He is no longer 6'6", 215 pounds like he was most of last year. He's about 235 now, Whoa. if camp reports are right, which is great. Him and Ben Bryant have a pretty good bit of chemistry going on from what we've seen. And as much as everyone's talking about Evan Prater, it is very likely that Ben Bryant is going to be the starter for Cincinnati this year. He's just... He's turned up in camp. He's looked absolutely fantastic. I don't know what Luke Fickle's feeding those guys, but Ben Bryant's gone from like very average, slightly good Mac quarterback to probably the starter now at Cincinnati, if if the reports are to be believed. Um, but yeah, I, I liked what Josh Wiley did last year with Desmond Ritter. He, for his size, very good blocker because I know he's like 6'6", but most of last year he was 220 pounds and under. Like he was not a weighty guy. He was pretty much the same weight as Alec Pierce, the wide receiver. Um, But funnily enough, that's one of the things I like about him is that he does play like a wide receiver, incredible yak ability, can make moves in the open field. He's not like a super shifty guy. He's not got like the most clean transitions or the way he turns up field, but he creates a good amount of separation. He was all a AAC guy. I nearly said ACC AAC guy. Um, last year in terms of tight end I think he was fantastic and for me the stats aren't great but for me once again it's the eye test just seeing what he does when he's out on the field how he performed against Alabama he got jammed up a lot in that game but when he had the opportunity to get free he got free he just Desmond really can't throw over an offensive line it seems like um, <laughs> yeah I, I just really like what I see out of him and I think if he got drafted last year, he probably would have gone quite high just on the virtue of what his Bearcat teammates went. But I think now he's given the opportunity to block some more, put on some weight and probably be a pretty good target for Ben Bryant. I think he's going to have a a very big year and I think we're going to see him go quite early in the draft. See, I have Josh Wilder as a day, early day three guy in the sort of the Jake Ferguson's, that kind of like ballpark last year. Um, I think he's solid, dependable red zone threat. The um, size was the biggest knock yeah. for me, though. You can't be a what? You can't be a tight end at under two hundred and twenty pounds. The physical, why I'm happy he's yeah. put the weight on, but yeah. he's tiny. But that's a lot of weight to put on in an off season. Does it compromise his athletic ability, his shiftiness? Um, that's that's the one thing probably I would want to look out for this year. Um, he looked good at the spring game. I'll say that. Like from what we've seen of him in practices, I know the spring game isn't full go, but he's looked pretty good. Oh, okay. Well, definitely, I'll probably be doing tight ends this year in the draft guide, so I'll, I'll definitely keep an eye and see. Obviously, my notes from last year. See if they're 
applicable or there's an improvement to obviously what we like to see from the Bearcats this year. Um, we've got the same number one, Ari Gilbert, right now, Jackie. <laughs> no, I think it's uh, the laptop. I think I think it's clear number one. I think every every big board has this guy number one. Um, Kieran, I'll let I'll let you take the honours and, and see, say who it is. Another tight end factory, though, isn't it? It's oh, no. Michael Mayer. Yeah. Just phenomenal player, to be honest. He's so <laughs> good. He's so good. Sometimes you get to a player on this list and you can't, like, obviously you have a technical breakdown, but the first thing you want to say is, he's just really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, th- he's that guy. He looks fantastic. He's obviously developed with one of the best coaches in college football the past two years, uh, Brian Kelly. Obviously had uh, Marcus Freeman coming in now. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's not that good. Um, but yeah, it comes from a, a school that develops these big dudes, these big tight ends, and he just makes it look easy with the way he plays. He's he's absolutely fantastic, and he can do it all. He can block, he can catch, he can make people miss occasionally in open space. He's just an absolutely phenomenal tight end. And I, there's holes in his game, of course, but I think if we're looking at a complete tight end, he's better than anyone coming out of college last year, I think. Yeah, no, 100%. He's, he's so complete. He's, he's been the top receiver at uh, Notre Dame for the last two years. Uh, extremely fluid mover, a, a very good blocker, um, very much a threat in line. The, the, the big comparison that I think I took away from his tape was he reminds me a lot of Mark Andrews. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, huge. Yeah, I, I just think that all-round game, like, very dependable. Um, there's just no holes there. The, obviously, the only thing that probably you look at is six four. He's not the 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 elite size-wise in terms of sort He's of... He's very uh, average size. Yeah, he is, but he makes up for it in terms of his technical skills in 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 the position. And he's so strong. He's two fifty one pounds, and you can tell that that he uses that that frame to his advantage, especially from a blocking point of view. Um, he could be a top ten pick. He could, yeah. And here's the thing I like about him, which sometimes tight ends fall into just because virtue of their size. Even guys like Gronk fall into this trap. Is when they're running, they can look cumbersome. Yeah, and it, it can be virtue of their size, but he, I don't get that with him. There's a no. couple guys on this list they run in there; they look a bit hilarious and awkward. Um, but I don't get that with Mayer, very fluid runner, and like I said, he can make people miss in the open field. He's not just the all power guy, but he'll stiff arm a linebacker if he needs to. But he'll also duke him out if the opportunity arises, which is what I really like about him. And you know, I, I like to shit on Notre Dame a lot, but he is just exceptional. Oh, he's very good. He's very good. Yeah. Top 10 pick potential. Um, be interesting to see whether he's able to replicate it to be three seasons in a row to be the top receiver there. And there is such a huge gap between him and anyone else on this list. Like, it is not even remotely close. It's not close at all. He's first round. The others are potentially pushing into day two, but maybe early day three guys out of push. Um, so... So yeah, no, completely agree. He's head and shoulders above the rest. Um, overrated? Did you did you say who your overrated guy was? Yeah, as Eric Gilbert. Eric Gilbert. Yeah, I'm just look. I shit on the guy a lot when he left LSU, but that's because I wasn't fully understanding of the issues he was going through. Yeah, because he when he left LSU, basically he had a conversation with Coach Joe, and he's like, 
I hurt a lot. And Coach O was like, that's football. Like, you are a tight end. You're going to hurt. Like, don't get me wrong, supreme athlete. Yeah. He is. If you are looking just by athletic profile, he is the best tight end in college football right now. But we can't base it on just athletic profile. You have to see what you see on the field. And at LSU, he didn't really show much. Now, I'm glad he's gone out and got the help he's needed because he's had some personal issues and some off-the-field stuff. Nothing that's his fault, by the way. He's just having a hard time dealing with it. He's a young man. I get that. That's hard. But he hasn't played football in two years. So the fact that I'm seeing constantly, sometimes even first, first by the way, yeah. guys like PFF are like, yeah, this is a first-round pick. Now, we know they don't know what they're talking about, but when like Sports Illustrated and stuff are saying it, you are like worrying who the fuck is watching this tape. Yeah. Like, oh, he's a first round pick. He hasn't played football in two years. And when he did play two years ago, he wasn't that good. So I, I don't know where they're getting this from. I just, and I don't want to shit on the kid. I think if he goes out and actually plays, he can be a baller. But we haven't seen that from him yet to put him in the conversation. And the only reason I've got him as overrated is because so many people are saying he's a top guy when we haven't seen it from him. And look at the tight end room he's in with Washington and Bowers. Like, honestly, like, how can you put him as like a, a potential first rounder when he isn't? He's got to try and jump over those guys to even be in even in the conversation. Exactly, and I, I, I think, like I said, his athletic profile is crazy. Like, he might be the most athletic tight end we ever seen coming out of high school. It, like, winning Gatorade Football Player of the Year for your state as a tight end. Like, what do you mean? How do you even do that? Yeah. So, like, yes, beast. But we haven't seen anything close to that. Like, yeah, yeah. he flopped to LSU. That could have been, you know, that was contingent on the scheme a little bit, I think. But, yeah, I I can't give this... Oh, he's a first-round pick to a guy who hasn't played football in two years. Just doesn't make sense to me. Completely agree. I, I don't even have him as my overrated because I don't think you can put a rating on him because we have hardly seen him. So, uh, yeah. So I, that's where I've come from. My underrated guy. Um, it's so difficult to pick an underrated tight end because, like, you get to that stage where they're much for muchness. I'm going to go for Will Mallory from um, Miami simply because he. He's like Tyler Van Dyke's comfort blanket. He's, he, he's, he nearly made it to number five. For me. Yeah. Uh, he went a bit under the radar last year. He, he was eligible last year, but I think going coming back to college, I think it was a right decision. Um, he's a, he's a red zone threat, which is what you want to see in a tight end. Um, and he's dependable. Like how you said Latu was dependable. He's dependable for Miami, but I just think he's a better technician and he's, and he's a bit more fluid. Um, and, when you've got that relationship with the quarterback um, and when your quarterback trusts you, I think that's, that you have to put some weight to that to think that, okay, this guy knows what he's doing in that position group. So um, Safe pair of hands. Yeah, 100%. Especially an experienced quarterback is looking yeah. at you consistently. Yeah, and Tyler Van Dyke's, one of his biggest strengths was his red zone threat. And he was first read or second read. He was looking for Mallory. So um, I'm glad he's back at college. I'm excited to see what he does this year with with that same offense and same quarterback with Cristobal at the helm. So um, that's why he could push uh, himself up a little bit more than where. where and and tight end is one of those rare position groups where a senior year will actually probably benefit them 
It's not like wide receivers where it's like, oh, you've had a fantastic junior year. There's no point you coming back for your senior year. Same with quarterbacks. Tight ends are just those groups where you always need to see that improvement. And yeah, I think he's going to do, I think he could be potentially, depending on how Tyler Van Dyke is, I think he could maybe work his way into the back end of the first round. Depend, like that's going to be really dependent on Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah. But if if they click like they did last year and up that production a bit, I think he could sneak in as a late first round. Yeah, I wouldn't put him late first round, but a day two guy potentially. Um, just when you need that solid, dependable comfort blanket for a quarterback, then you want someone within that mould. So, um, yeah, that's who my underrated guy is because he's not really been talked about because he's not flashy, but he's been around for a long time. So he's kind of forget about these guys. But like you said, senior... Yeah senior year could do to do even more uh sort of worth uh, add even more stock to his name than um than where he is now so that's who my guy is who's your guy underrated guy oh uh, we already spoke about Dalton Kincaid Kincaid yeah yeah I like him a lot I just think you know there's not necessarily a lot of buzz about him because of his teammates and because you know it, it, it's hard to talk about tight ends consistently at the college level because so it's not like they stand out as much like Michael Mayer stands out. Like you notice him on a football field, but when it comes to guys like Sam Laporta, Cameron Latu and stuff, because they're doing a lot of blocking, they have all this utility. They do kind of blend into the background, especially because college football people always look at the big plays. You've got the guys we've already talked about. Keishon Boutte, Quinton Johnson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who do stretch the field out. So these guys are always going to go under the radar, but I just, I just like a lot about uh, Dalton Kincaid's game. I just don't hear the buzz around him. Apart from myself, obviously. Apart, yeah, no. It, I, I was really happy you actually brought him up because I've not seen his name as much as I feel like I should based on like what I've actually seen of him. And that's why I write in the tight end section of the uh, of our draft guide. Because exactly, you, know, you never know who I could elevate, and you never know who I could demote. And last year, I think I did pretty well. So um, let, let, let's see. So, uh, oh, your Jalen Widemeyer um, scouting was spot on. It was so spot on. And I was, so, I, I literally, I pinned my colours to the mast even before we, uh, even before the college football season started last year. I was like, this guy is an absolute dud. Um, and I'm going to keep talking about that for many years to come to say, I might get 100 players wrong, but that's the one I thought he is rubbish. <laughs> you can just, you just tell everyone you're a big Brevin Jordan guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Tell everyone I'm 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 a Jordan. Brevin Jordan and Kyle Pitts. Go on, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> he, he, he's potentially goat material there, but anyway, yeah, he's he's incredible. Just yeah. it's weird to watch how he's that good. Oh, it's just stupid. which is why I need you to watch Jack Be- Jack Besh this year. Um, he plays, you know, that weird wide receiver tight end position that sometimes slightly bigger wide receivers get. Yeah. He's not even like that big. He's like six one two twenty. Oh, but like he lines up as a tight end a lot. So I, I kind of want to see what you think of him. I'll I'll be tuning into LSU games mostly because of Boutte. But yeah, no, no, no I'll, I'll see what Jack Jack Besh. Watch for that big number eighty. He's going to be wrecking shit up. I reckon it, it's all it, who's the, who's the guy that's now at the Bengals or is he still at the Bengals? Uh, the... Thaddeus Moss. 
Thaddeus Moss, the guy that you thought was the second coming, but obviously... He was great at LSU. He just <laughs> flopped in the league. He just flopped so hard. And I think it was because the first two years he just got severely injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now all people know him for is a cut block on Kayvon Thibodeau that... I uh, can't remember his name. Just the most irresponsible reporting I've seen from a guy with 200,000 plus followers. Well, was it can... Warren Sharp? Warren uh, Sharp, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just... It, it, you shouldn't say stuff like what he said on Twitter when you have a large of an audience. Even Brett Coleman said it. The most level-headed scout in the game raised his voice in a video and was like, don't say this stuff if you don't know what a playbook is. I was like, yeah, go on, lad. <laughs> no, he is he is very impartial back Brett Coleman. But um on that note, I think I think we've um we've talked a lot of receivers. I think it's been a really good pod giving you a flavour on on obviously with the season upcoming and who to watch out for. Even some guys that aren't draft eligible. <laughs> in terms yeah, of- that that yeah, was literally that, just it, negligence on my that, part. I <laughs> Talk about golden nuggets. There you are. That that is a golden nugget for for our audience. But um, Kieran, where can we find you? And um, just a just a brief outlook on what's to come. Yeah, Kieran Horn CFB on the Twitter. I released a video this morning, um, just reacting to Desmond Ridder's preseason stuff. He's been looking pretty good. So you can find me over on the YouTube as well at Kieran Horn CFB wide variety of stuff i've got a juco video coming which i think will be fairly interesting and then a couple more introducing the rookies as the season starts but yeah just, just come over on twitter tell me you know why k sean Butte is the greatest and we'll get along fine <laughs> and and from my side i'm at the garch on twitter um I'll also be I'm also admin on the full 10 yards college account so i will be putting that question up that we posed earlier about the LSU wide receivers where would you where would you where you would rank them so it'd be really interesting to see the responses there um yeah just really excited obviously um with the season starting a lot of my focus this year is definitely on the scouting side so um I'll be releasing stuff as the season goes on on sort of big boards and sort of uh players to watch out for and and those kind of uh that kind of information so Stay tuned and uh, obviously see on Twitter as well the the great articles that not just uh, Kieran, but the rest of the team are producing. We've done some great previews on each of the conferences. So just please have a look, have a read. And we would love to hear your feedback as well. Um, so, yeah, that that's us. Um, thank you so much for listening. It's been a blast talking about uh, wide receivers and tight ends. And there should be a running back podcast as well coming soon. So keep your ears pinned. Take care and uh, speak soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards. Thank you for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.